uh, back at it. We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Sorry for the delay. It is Monday evening and uh, we're post-selection Sunday. I know Colby has a ton of thoughts. Colby, have you calmed down at all before we jump into all of the things we have on the docket? Uh, if by calm down, you mean gone from about a 10 to about a nine, sure, I've calmed down. Yeah, I'm very calm. Well, that's good to hear. I, I hope your levels are okay today. Don't scream too hard so our levels don't go out of whack. But I, I don't blame you one iota. Uh, we, but we have some things to discuss here before we get into all that. First, we want to thank Chris's University Spirit for sponsoring the podcast as always. I keep, I keep mentioning it. Go to their website. Go check out the masks. You see Mike Boynton rocking the Pistol Pete mask left and right. The Curse of Cowboys is my personal favorite. So it's timely. Go get it before you get your vaccine. We still have to wear masks as well. So go ahead and get that locked up. And we appreciate Chris's University Spirit. You can shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. And a bit, a bit of a serious note before we get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Kyle Boone has announced that he has testicular cancer. Kyle has been integral to pistols firing ever since he joined him and him and Kyle Porter uh, did a fantastic job together to grow it into what it is. He was recently diagnosed and there are two ways you can help. Uh, the first way is just by donating money. This would go to their medical bill bills, travel and other expenses. You can do that through Venmo or cash app and you can go to pistols firing to read all of this information as well. But the Venmo is at Lacey L Boone, L A C E Y L Boone, B-O-O-N-E. Cash app is money sign, dollar sign, L-A-C-E-Y-B-O-O-N-E. So it's Lacey Boone with a, a dollar sign there uh, on the cash app as well. And, and the second way you can help is by buying a t-shirt. His sisters are, are taking orders through March 29th. Again, you can go to Pistols Firing to find all this information, but they're, they're selling a shirt that says his fight is our fight. Kyle's crew, and they have all, all sizes available. And uh, again, I, I just want to send my thoughts and, and uh, prayers to Kyle Boone, his family. This is a, a tough deal, but Kyle made his own way in this business through sheer determination, sheer hard work. Uh, he proved to Kyle Porter that he, he belonged at PFB with how, just how diligent he was. And I'm sure he's going to take that same diligence and, and work ethic and, and fight uh, to this, to this cause. So I, I just wanted to, to say that Colby, if you have any other thoughts, I just, I'm feeling for Kyle Boone and, and uh, I would encourage everyone to donate, get behind him and he's going to get through this. Yeah, no doubt. It's, I saw it on Twitter the other day and it, it struck me pretty hard because uh, he's just a year older than I am. And, you know, it just, it sits with you whenever you see something like this. And I haven't been around Kyle as much as you have, but every time I've been around him, I mean, just could not be a better person, a nicer guy. So uh, like, like you said, go to pistolsfiring.com, uh, check out the ways to help and whatever you can do to help Kyle. We are all one big OSU family and uh, somebody needs our help right now. So I, I encourage everyone to extend your hand to, to those in need. And this will be a good time to do it to help out Kyle and his family. So best wishes uh, to him, his wife, their kids, just the whole family. I can't imagine what they're going through, but uh, hopefully come out on the other side and all will be well. So everyone help if you can. Absolutely. Kyle's a great dude. He does a great job and uh, we're, we're all with him. And, and again, uh, we encourage everyone to donate. So our, our thoughts are with him for sure. All right, Colby. Selection Sunday. You and I knew it was going to happen. I had brought this up for weeks. 
anytime the NCAA is involved, the selection committee is involved with Oklahoma State, they get the shaft. And look, people can can listen to this and think, ah, oh, it's just that OSU podcast. Woe is me. They just, everyone's out to get them. They're paranoid. No, like this is just how it is. I take things for how I see it. And how I see it, I just go back to that 2013 season with Marcus Smart when they finished third in the Big 12, 13 wins in the Big 12. They get a five seed, which was laughable. And not only do they get a five, they get Oregon at 12, who was massively underseeded. Everyone knew it at the time. I see a very similar setup here, Colby, where that committee did not want OSU to make a run because they put them against an absolute nightmare matchup in Liberty, which we'll get to. Then basically one of the hardest quadrants of the entire tournament. So OSU got hosed and I expected it. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, people can call us homers if they want to. Look, we're the OSU podcast. So before I start diving in, because, you know, you listen to OSU people talking about OSU, there's a little bit of bias there. Joe Lunardi has no connections to Oklahoma State. I wonder what he thought about it. The only thing that made me just kind of go, that's a mistake, is Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I could have seen them as a three. I could have seen them as a two. I can't see them as a four below West Virginia from their own league, who they just beat twice in the last two weeks. I think a little too reliant on the net in the case of evaluating Oklahoma State, or, you know, maybe they forgot to pay the cable bill at the Marriott Marquis. (laughs) Yeah, so that's Joe Lenardi talking about Oklahoma State getting in the tournament. Carson, so yesterday the Players' Championship was wrapping up at about the same time that uh, the brackets were starting to be unveiled. So I actually didn't watch it live on ESPN. I first saw it on Twitter because I still had the players championship up. So I pull up the seating and I'm scrolling through and Carson, I honestly thought, I don't know if I thought maybe I saw it wrong. I I don't know. Maybe I thought somebody posted the wrong thing on Twitter because that's where I was seeing it. I was so dumbfounded that Oklahoma state had wound up as a four. That's the first thing. I didn't think there was any scenario where there was a four. They were a four. As soon as they beat Baylor, I knew that a three seed was the absolute floor. It's the worst Oklahoma state could do. And so I'm thinking maybe a two, but then when they beat Texas, they lose to Texas. I'm like, okay, three seeds. Good. And I saw they were a four, and it it really made my head spin. And then, Carson, and then I kept looking, and I saw that West Virginia was a three in the same damn region that Oklahoma State is a four. (laughs) And, Carson, when I tell you that my wife had to talk me down yesterday, I, I, I had so many things typed up on Twitter that I deleted. I was... I mean, I was full on about to stroke out yesterday in my living room. I was fuming up mad because, and you mentioned it earlier. Does it not feel like this always happens to Oklahoma State? Are they punishing Oklahoma State, Carson, because the appeal hasn't been heard? Serious question. Are they punishing Oklahoma State? They punished Oklahoma State anytime they've been put in front of them. Andy Oliver, Des Bryant, even go back to the last time they were a four seat, Colby. They make the final four as a four seed. Big country and them just caught lightning in a bottle that season. We're clearly one of the best teams. And they got a four seed. And they had to go through an absolute gauntlet. They played an NBA player in every single round. Malik Rose, Marcus Camby, Tim Duncan. I'm forgetting someone else. But it was a a murderer's row. Marcus Camby against the UMass. Just murderer's row. And just anytime anytime the NCAA is involved, this – just case in point, the, the, the postseason ban that was instilled this year, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't even make sense on paper. Much like Lunardi said about the seed, 
the postseason ban didn't make sense. Every national college basketball writer was like, huh, what? Like, this doesn't seem right. And it hasn't been right for South Carolina, other programs. Look, it's a track record. I don't know if it stems back to the Pat Jones, Hartley Dykes days. I don't know what this stems back to. But OSU got hosed. That's the word I used on television last night. That's the word I'm using now. That's the word Jeff Goodman used, another national basketball reporter. OSU got severely hosed in this situation. Yeah, and Jay Billis as well came out. You know, Jay Billis, very respected uh, in the, the college basketball circles. He came out yesterday and he said, of everyone in the entire tournament, the absolute worst draw, Oklahoma State. I mean, just no hesitation. Oklahoma State, worst draw. He said that maybe 20 minutes after the brackets were released. I still, look, Oklahoma State should have been a three regardless of where West Virginia was at, but I still keep <laughs> asking myself what they saw here because, I mean, I'm looking, quad one, games Oklahoma State goes 10 and 6 West Virginia goes 7 and 7 quad 2 Oklahoma State goes 2 and 0 West Virginia goes uh, 3 and 2 and then Texas even Texas was 8 and 6 in quad 1 compared to Oklahoma State's 10 and 6 they were 2 and 1 in quad 2 so they were 10 and 7 in the first two quads I I just Carson I can't figure it out and people were trying to tweet at me last night about the two TCU losses and and I'm like are you actually telling me you're going to look somebody in the eye. Well, it's on Twitter, so you're not looking somebody in the eye, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you're actually going to tell me that you're going to weigh two TCU losses earlier in the season, the most recent of which came on the 3rd of February, which is almost six weeks ago. You're telling me you're weighing those two TCU losses heavier than a win against Baylor, a win against Texas, a win against Kansas, a win against Arkansas in the non-conference, two wins against West Virginia, one of those without Cade and Ice, two wins in three days against OU, and two overtime wins against Texas Tech. You're weighing the two TCU losses heavier than everything that I just rattled off right there. Carson, make it make sense. It doesn't make sense. No, and I, I honestly think you can't look. I know West Virginia's in the same region. They could just flip those. They absolutely should. I, it, to me, it's as simple as the West Virginia comparison. So the, all the stats you just referenced of quad one record, just put it like this. They just played twice in five days, and OSU won both contests. That's before we even get to how superior OSU's resume is. That makes zero sense that makes that has no sense in it whatsoever there's no common sense there's no rational sense there's no factual statistical sense in that so no i i can't make sense of it colby it makes zero sense and well, it boils down to for me just the west just start right there with west virginia it that is ludicrous that they got a three and osu got a four yeah, it is. And I want to take it even a step further. So Oklahoma State was the 15th seed, by the way. They released the full seeding of how they broke it down. So they had Oklahoma State as the third highest four seed. The, the committee actually looked at Oklahoma State and concluded that they were closer to a five than they were to a three. So that justifies any logic. You can throw it all out the window. And people keep wanting to throw in the net at me. Even Lenardi mentioned it there. Maybe the net got him. Net this, net that, net this, net that. Okay, how about this net for you? Caden McFarland put this out on Twitter last night. Iowa is a two seed. Iowa's the seven overall seed in the tournament. You want to talk about net? Here's Iowa's wins over teams in the Nets top 25. Ohio State and Purdue. That's Iowa's wins over team in the in the oh. net top 25. Here's Oklahoma State's Baylor, Kansas, Arkansas, Texas Tech, Texas Tech, Texas, West Virginia, West Virginia. And Iowa's oh. seven and Oklahoma State is 15. Every statistic, every graphic, every anything that you look at 
over the last, it's, it's almost 24, it's about right at 24 hours now. Everything that I have seen is telling me that Oklahoma State is criminally underseeded. And I, I know it sounds like we're just going to sit here and complain the whole time. We're not. We're going to talk about the matchups at some point because the bracket that they ended up in, the region, is a fascinating region with storylines top to bottom. That being said, it's not where Oklahoma State should be. Even if you want to flip them on the 3-4 line with West Virginia, that's fine. I don't care. They get thrown on Illinois' mat, mat line, which is a bad matchup, but it'd be a fun matchup because you get to face Underwood. You get Liberty in the first round. It's just everything that I've seen over the last 24 hours, Carson. As soon as I think I'm going to see something that might be able to justify it a little bit, I see something else that makes me think, no, this is even further off than we probably thought at first glance. It, it really seems... And again, this the caveat of OSU had a postseason ban, yet they're in the tournament. You know, there, there's two ways to look at it. One way, they're happy to be playing. But just all the factors you've referenced, the, the, the resumes, the fact that they get a gauntlet run here between Liberty, Tennessee, and Illinois, <laughs> potentially, in terms of seeding, is just, it's, it's as if they went out of their way to say, you know what, OSU, we're tired of you, and we don't want you to advance, so we're going to put you here. And one more example, and then we can move on and talk about the tournament and everything else. How about Arkansas getting a three? A team that OSU beat. How Arkansas about three seed getting beat by Oklahoma State this year. Every three seed. Exactly. There, there you go. And again, Arkansas gets to play this Rudy Poo schedule in the SEC. Are you kidding me? They, they go through the gauntlet that is SEC basketball. You want to talk about a dead basketball conference, and they get a three, and they lost to OSU. I just. Again, I expected this. I don't know why I'm so I'm so flustered and just bewildered because I did predict this two weeks ago that they'd probably give them a four. And when Lenardi had them as a two, I thought, okay, this is Joe Lenardi. He he gets it mostly correct. And the comment you played says it all. But I remember listening to the pregame radio broadcast with John Holcomb, Dave Hunziker, do a great job for the Big 12 championship game. And again, Texas didn't have to play a semifinal. Do those jabronis on the committee even look at that? Probably not. But Holcomb was kind of going over the seating scenarios, and he kind of threw out a four at the very end. And I thought my instant thought was like, John, they're, they're not getting a four. What are you talking about? Like that's that's crazy talk. So maybe John knows what he's talking about because that's what they got. But that 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 just tells you where my mindset was before the seeds. Yeah, and you know, I was really trying to take it easy on Twitter yesterday. I was really trying not to uh, to take shots at people's intelligence. Yesterday was a real, it was a tough day for it. It really was. I didn't <laughs> reply to this tweet, but I want to read it here because maybe this person listens, maybe they don't. They probably don't because their avatar is an, is an OU logo. I, I tweeted out, I said, still in disbelief that the committee would put OSU and West Virginia in the same region and have West Virginia as the higher seed, an absolute slap in the face. Because that's what it was, an absolute slap in the face. And some of the replies that I was getting were so just fundamentally stupid i got one from somebody on twitter jody is is the the name and his reply his or her reply to that tweet said why they split in the regular season and have similar records i cannot imagine typing that up and pressing send as if oklahoma <laughs> state did not in back-to-back -back days in the big 12 tournament beat west virginia and baylor who by the way i said last week i didn't think was gonna lose another game all year and was the best team in the country and oklahoma state beat them in the big 12 tournament and then after playing those teams back-to-back -back, they had to play texas who'd gotten a day off the day before still kept it competitive in the second half texas wins big 12 tournament championship all they had to do was beat the five seed and the six seed in four days you know congrats to, to texas i guess but 
you're really talking about they split in the regular season as if the tournament doesn't matter? And then I had somebody else reply to me, and and all he said, and again, another person with an OU avatar on Twitter, all, all this person said was, well, don't finish fifth in your league if you want to hire seed. And I'm like, do you not understand that the Big 12 is a basketball juggernaut and that the teams who finished higher than them in their league were Baylor, Texas, Kansas, and by the way, West Virginia only finished higher in the league than Oklahoma State because they had to play one less game in the regular season. They didn't have exactly. to play the full schedule that Oklahoma State did. And Oklahoma State beat them twice in five days. You can't just not count what happened in the tournament. They beat West Virginia and Baylor in the tournament. That bolstered their resume. Their resume was better on Saturday than it was on Wednesday. Don't tell me it's the same resume because it's not. I, I just, uh, again, I I try not to attack people's intelligence on Twitter because you, you don't know if maybe you're misinterpreting a tweet. But I feel like I was interpreting these pretty accurately uh, yesterday. And boy, it was, uh, intelligence was at a bare minimum yesterday evening on Twitter. Exactly. Oh, I hope you calm down, but we can, we can keep going. I mean, I, I feel, just. No, I feel good now. The finish fifth in your league thing is just is just yeah. Comical. Well, don't finish fifth in your league. Uh, okay, idiot. Yeah. Well, I, and what? Actually, I actually blocked that person. That person because I replied to him, and then I could tell that he didn't want to have a conversation in good face. In good faith, because whenever I replied to his tweet, then he replied again and said, "Well, don't finish fifth in your league," and just said the same thing over again. And I'm yeah, like, "No, you're you done. Caught me in a bad mood. You don't get to read my tweets anymore." Yeah, I mean, I. It's weird how some people take pride in getting blocked. Like, I don't have to. You don't have to exist in my world. Block, see you later. You don't exist ever again. And what, Colby, what happened to, like, this committee, I think, they look at these teams in different ways. Like, you look at just Oklahoma, for instance. They get knocked all the way down to the 8-9 game because of how they finished the season. Where was the push for OSU considering the way they finished the season? It seems as if when this committee gets together in most years, they reward the team that's hot, that's on fire, that's playing their best basketball, they tend to reward momentum, and yet OSU is ranked 11th in the AP poll, and as you said, they're the 15th overall seed. I just, what happened to the momentum? They clearly docked OU and didn't reward OSU. That's another facet of this of this seeding is you never know what they're quite looking at because if you look at OU's resume, they've got a bunch of quad one wins. They were ranked seventh in the country at one point, but they got just hammered, rightfully so, for how they finished the year. Yeah, and by the way, if I can just put my tinfoil hat on for just a second, because, again, I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm trying to make sense of how this happened. So I'm, I'm looking at everything and how it broke down yesterday, and I see that Oklahoma State gets the biggest screw job in the entire bracket. That's, you know, according to both of us, but also Jay Billis, uh, Joe Lenardi, Seth Goodman. Everybody agrees Oklahoma State got the worst draw in the bracket. I also see that the first team out of the field is Louisville. And then – it hits me that the chairman of the selection committee is the athletic director at Kentucky. Well, Kentucky hates Louisville and Louisville hates Kentucky. Kentucky's the first team out. Well, Cade Cunningham pretty much had it narrowed down to Kentucky and Oklahoma state. There were some <laughs> other schools in the running as well, but Cade oh. Cunningham picked Oklahoma state and snubs Kentucky. I mean, tinfoil hat, the chairman of the, of the selection committee is the AD at Kentucky and they give OSU the biggest hose job in the entire field, and they leave Louisville as the first team out. I just – I'm not arguing that there's a better way to do it than having athletic directors on the committee, but I think it would be 
uh, crazy to not think that there are some I- implicit biases there. And even if you don't mean to, I think you can convince yourself to make an argument against teams that you don't like and you don't want to see have success. M- maybe that was part of it. I have no idea. That's tinfoil hat type stuff. But that, that was an interesting correlation that Oklahoma State and Louisville, it seems like both got hosed and the Kentucky AD chaired the selection committee. Well, allow me to go back into my, deep in the bowels of my closet and grab my tinfoil hat. Let me go get it real quick. I'm, I'm putting it on. I'm putting it on. My tinfoil hat for a decade as to why Eddie Sutton wasn't in the Hall of Fame was because of the ties to Kentucky. I, I felt there was strong voices on that, that little, the dark shadows of that committee who won't show their cowardly faces for yeah. how they vote and who it that is. Works. To me, I think... There was a large Kentucky influence in there. They, they were, their feelings were still hurt about what happened with Eddie Sutton, which if you watch the Eddie Sutton documentary, Eddie, which again, I think was just released on some, some streaming platforms. Everybody should go watch it. Like Eddie Sutton didn't have anything to do with that. Like there were, there were reasons for what happened there. Now he takes some blame for sure. It's under his watch and that's why he got fired. But I've long had my tinfoil hat about those Kentucky voices and how much sway they have. So you, you may be onto something. I, I like the tinfoil hat. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, you're right. There forever, there's this reason that Kentucky doesn't like Oklahoma State. Dates all the way back to the Eddie Sutton era. And then, of course, Kentucky misses the tournament this year, which obviously would not have happened had they gotten Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham would have done for Kentucky what he's done for Oklahoma State. It's just, uh, again, you'll never know if, if that happened. We'll never know if, if that was part of it. And it, it may not have even been intentionally part of it, but, you know, everybody has Im- implicit biases. And, and if you just kind of unconsciously, subconsciously decide you're making an argument for one team over another, then that's about the only way you can get Oklahoma State to four. And, and I feel more justified, Carson, and I don't feel like I'm just an OSU guy ranting because all the experts are saying the same thing we're saying. They're not yelling it because they're not as passionate and as, as involved and as invested in this team, but they're all saying the same thing we're saying. And I just I, look, I still think Oklahoma State's going to beat Liberty. I think Oklahoma State's going to beat whoever comes out of 512. I think they're going to make it to the Sweet 16. But even if they do, I just I, I still will not be OK with where the committee put put them, because, yes, you have to beat good teams to advance in the tournament. But Oklahoma State should be sitting in a better position than they are. They really should. And I I, I think we've we've hashed this out. <laughs> People know where we stand. And again, I, I don't know what. I don't know. Show me NCAA. Show me on the doll where OSU hurts you. <laughs> show me on the doll where you just try to hose them at every single chance you get. Andy Oliver, Des Bryant, the Marcus Smart team. Show me on the doll where they hurt you, and I can move on. All right, all right. Let's get on to the let's get yeah. on to the matchup, Colby. And again, I good, not Clark. only that was, that was cathartic. I feel good. I, I don't know where that came from. I just can't, I can't stand it anymore. I had to, I had to let that out. It's exhausting. The NCAA is just, I mean, those, uh, and again, uh, Des Bryant, I never, I don't know if I ever shared this on the podcast, but Des, you know, for some reason he came up and I was tweeting about how ridiculous the NCAA decision was with him. I don't know if I shared this on the pod or not, but he, he DM me and gave me some insight that I don't, I don't really want to share on the pod because he doesn't, he doesn't know. I, he probably doesn't even know I have a podcast, frankly, but let's just say he got a raw deal, like the rawest of raw deals. And I don't blame him if he wants to sue them. I don't, I don't, maybe he already pursued that. I don't know, but he got a bad deal. And this NCAA track record speaks for itself when it comes to Oklahoma State. Just look at the most latest tournament ban, which was just 
insane. But okay, uh, I'm done, Colby. If you have any more to say, say it now, or we will move on to the matchup. Give me liberty. There we go. I don't want liberty. They're a horrible <laughs> matchup. Like, not only do you get a four seed, you get this 13 seed that plays like Virginia. They are a dang good team. They they've won 23 games this year. They've won their tournament three straight years. I mean, three of their losses came against Power Five programs, one of which was TCU, a common opponent with Oklahoma State. And look, OSU should win this game. They're nine-point favorites. I understand that. But they were done no favors with their first-round matchup against Liberty. No, I don't think that they were either. Uh, Liberty, is, like you said, is a good basketball team. Uh, they win their conference tournament, it seems like, every year. 23 wins this year. I want to pull up. I want to see who they lost to. They lost to Purdue by 13. TCU beat them by four. So there's a common opponent. Everybody loses to TCU, apparently. Uh, <laughs> they only lost to Missouri by nine back in December. Missouri, good basketball team, tournament team. That's OU's first-round matchup. And then they lost to Lipscomb and Stetson, which, by the way, their last loss, Carson. Liberty has forgotten how to lost. They last lost on January 15th was their last loss. They were 11 and five at the time. They closed the season on a 12 game winning streak, won their conference and were awarded a 13 seed and a first round matchup with Oklahoma State. One thing that's interesting, Mike Boynton said that he was surprised about Oklahoma State getting the four seed as, as opposed to the three. But, you know, he said, I'm not oh, yeah. right. got to yeah. be good teams if you want to advance. But one thing that's interesting in here that I didn't think about, uh, you know, whenever he was down at uh, Stephen F. Austin, he was on the staff down there in 14 and 16 whenever they made it into the tournament. In 2014, they beat fifth-seeded VCU. And then in 2016, they beat third-seeded West Virginia whenever he was on that staff. And they nearly beat six-seeded Notre Dame to get to the Sweet 16. So Mike Boynton knows what it is like to be on the staff of one of these smaller schools that gets a higher seed and has to go out and beat uh, one of these Division I programs. So I think that that perspective from Mike Boynton, you know, just really getting through to his guys that this is not going to be a cakewalk just because the name on the front of their jersey is Liberty and the name on the front of yours is, is Oklahoma State. You're going to have to play well to beat Liberty. Uh, that being said, I think Oklahoma State is a really good basketball team, and I think that they will beat Liberty. Um, but it's definitely not something, you know, if you get a 2, a 2.15, you're like, ah, you win that game 99% of the time. You get a 3, you're like, ah, you win that game 95% of the time. Carson, we see 13s beat 4s all the time. It's just so, so much more rare for a one, two, or three to lose than it is for a four to lose. So uh, not the best matchup in the world, but I, I still like Oklahoma State in the game. I'm certainly glad you brought up Mike Boynton's comments. He did speak today, and he said he was surprised he got a four, like you referenced. And if you watch the, the clip, he stops himself short of just going to town on the NCAA. <laughs> he really does. He's so much more professional than I am because he, he starts to talk about how he was surprised and he, he almost, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he kind of stopped himself and said, it is what it is. And he gave that quote about, you got to beat good teams in this time of year. So yeah, he I've, stopped I've got it right himself. here if you want it. Yeah, let's hear it. I've got it right here if you want it. Oh, and then my computer just refreshed on me. Okay, here, we, here he goes. He says, I'm not going to gripe. You got to beat good teams if you're going to play in this tournament. I thought we should have been a three, but it is what it is. We'll get to play. If we're good enough, we'll beat some teams that are going to move on in this event. That's the only way really go out there and show that we deserved a little bit better to go out there and play really well and continue to move on. Yeah. Like not included in there. He starts to say something along the lines of like, 
an injustice or I can't remember exactly the, he starts to use a word and, and he th you can see his brain working and he goes, nope, can't go there, can't go there, abort, abort. You gotta be a good team. So I totally understand where Mike's coming from, but he referenced this too in his, in his, uh, his availability today is that you know, Liberty has more tournament experience than this team. Obviously nobody on the OSU's team does. Three players from, from Liberty have NCAA tournament experience. Uh, Darius McGee, who averages 15 a game, Elijah Cuffey with 9.6 per game, and Keegan McDowell averages seven points per game. So Liberty is one in four all time in the NCAA tournament. So they haven't won a bunch, but they do have the experience on, on OSU. So uh, Liberty, tough matchup. They're probably OSU is going to be a popular upset pick, I think, from, from around the country in terms of what Liberty can bring. I think that's going to be a popular pick, although I, I think a lot of people love Cade Cunningham and want to see him go deep. I just, I tend to think when people start breaking down the matchups, the styles of play, things of that nature, that a lot of people are going to pick a Liberty and an upset. That's kind of how I feel about it, my, my opening thoughts. Yeah, you might be right. And I, I don't know, picking a 13 over a four is still tough. Usually, uh, just as a rule, I always pocket the first four seeds in through the first round because even trying to guess which 13 would beat a four, it, it's just tough to guess. And then once I get to the 12 line, I start to pick some upsets. I'll probably do the same thing this year. Um, but the whole region really is pretty fascinating. Carson, I mean, Illinois, Houston, and West Virginia are the three teams seated higher than Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma State theoretically, theoretically could go Liberty, Tennessee, Illinois, Houston on a path to the final four. Uh, now, you'd have to play some seriously good basketball to beat all four of those teams. Jeez. And I'll tell you what, Carson, I love the idea of Oklahoma State getting to play Illinois, Boynton versus Underwood. The storyline there is through the roof. Also, we'd have a whole week to pump that storyline since it would be in the second weekend of the tournament. They'd have a week to prepare for each other. That being said, boy, Oklahoma State does not match up well with Illinois. Not at all. Why is that? I, I mean, they've got the big man inside whose uh, name I can't remember, and I know that it could definitely get a little inappropriate if you mispronounce it, so I'm not going to try. I haven't uh, watched much Illinois this year, so I, I, I know Brad Underwood's just doing an incredible job up there. We all knew he was a great coach, and he's, he's killing it. Yeah, he is. Let me uh, – I want to pull up their roster because I don't want to say this guy's yeah, name. Yeah, while you pull it up, I, I think Brad Underwood would get very tired of answering questions about OSU and Mike Holder and why after he waxed poetic about coach Henry Iba and Eddie Sutton, he bounced after one year for the cash. I think he would get real tired of that because that's, that's definitely the questions he'd be getting. Obviously it's worked out for, for both schools. I mean, obviously Mike Boynton has, you know, part blanche at OSU. He has the fans in the palm of his hand and obviously he's, he's brought back Illinois to prominence. So it, it's worked out. It really, it really has, but the way he handled that was so bad. I remember just coming whenever the brackets were announced, I just recalled in my mind how shocking that was. All we saw was just a picture on Twitter with Brad Underwood and the athletic director of Illinois, like getting on a private jet. Like that was, that was like how it was announced. Like just, just beelined it out of town on the first jet running. Like, Oh, that was, that was handled so poorly. I can't stand the way he, he stood there at his introductory press conference and just, just exalted Henry Iba and Eddie Sutton. I'm going to bring it back and then bounced at the first, after the first season, he demanded a, a huge raise where he was gone. Yeah. I thought that it was, it was very poorly handled as well. Okay. So I pulled it up here. So first off they've got uh, IO who leads the way and could be national player of the year. Him and Kate, I believe are both finalists. He averages nearly 21 a game, six rebounds, five assists, shoots at almost 80% from the free throw line. So, so he kind of 
heads the offense there. But uh, Kofi Cockburn, 17.6 points per game, 9.6 rebounds per game. Uh, He's just, I mean, he's a force inside 1.2 blocks per game. He's just... That's a bad matchup for Oklahoma State because Caleb Boone's gotten a lot going. Also, he weighs in at seven foot two eighty five, and I've loved everything about what Caleb Boone has given Oklahoma State this season. But I would love for them to lo- lose to Loyola Chicago because I I don't want Caleb Boone to have to face seven foot two eighty five, averages eighteen and ten. That just doesn't sound no. like fun. So I just again I think that's another example of where Oklahoma State just got absolutely housed, put on that line. Yeah, there's. We knew coming into this tournament, that's their Achilles heel. They do not need to face teams with a big, a competent big man because we saw what Bill Self did up in Lawrence. He just gave it to McCormick the entire second half, and there was nothing OSU could do to stop it. So that that would be a terrible matchup. As much as I love Big Burn, Bernard Kuma, he's played really well down the stretch. I would love to see Loyola send, send uh, Brad Underwood pack into his, to his new mansion up there in, in Champaign, Illinois. Well, and, and another thing that Oklahoma State has struggled with this year, we saw in, in the game against Kansas in Lawrence, whenever a team has an elite big on the other side, Oklahoma State tries to throw a lot of different guys at him. And what happens is Oklahoma State ends up getting foul trouble in those yep. games. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't know. I mean, seven foot 285, I guess you put Caleb on him. I guess you give Kuma some run. Maybe Keelan takes a shot at him. I, I mean, you might end up getting Cade switched on him, and he gets in foul trouble. We saw Cade get in foul trouble against Texas. That was not a good situation. So uh, I, I hate the matchup with Illinois as much as I would like the opportunity to beat Brad Underwood. But, you know, they could they could face Loyola Chicago in that second round. Loyola Chicago against Illinois would be a great in-state matchup in the NCAA tournament. It would. And, like, gosh, that would be sweet. But think about this run, Colby. To me, this this shapes up so much similar to the 95 team. The last time they were a four seed, all those players I mentioned they ran through on their way to the Final Four back in 95. Think about the Big 12 gauntlet reunion they would go through. Assuming they beat Liberty, they would face Rick Barnes. They would face Brad Underwood. (laughs) They would face Kelvin Sampson. You want to talk about a murderer's row of Hall of Fame head coaches? Are you kidding me? All former, you know, Big 12 coaches, that would be, the storylines are outrageously good, but the gauntlet that it is, that is just daunting for a young team like this. It really is. Can you imagine a week for us to hype up a potential weekend matchup of Brad Underwood, Kelvin Sampson? Whoa, (laughs) that would be, uh, that would be unbelievable. I I haven't actually filled, have you filled your bracket out yet? I haven't filled mine out yet. No, I haven't done it yet. I, I like to research a little bit before I do. Yeah, I usually do it on about Wednesday. Uh, first four games are being played Thursday, and then Friday is whenever Oklahoma State plays, and that will be the first day of actual action. They play at 525 on TBS against Liberty. Did you see who's on the call? No. Who is? Oklahoma State got Kevin Harlan right out of the gate. Oh, please. Give, yes. give, me, a, give me a K dunk with no regard for human life call uh, from Kevin Harlan. I need that. Bryce Williams windmill. Yes, that's that's even better. Yes. I'm By so the way, John Higgins ruined Caleb Boone's windmill against Baylor. He called a John foul. Higgins like hates fun. Yeah, he, John Higgins hates fun. He ruined Caleb Boone's windmill dunk. That was the, the exclamation point against Baylor. So, I, Colby, I hate that they're in the bracket with Illinois and Houston. Those are two teams that I was going to pick to go pretty far. Just my initial deal. I, I probably have Gonzaga winning it. I don't. I don't like Michigan. Um, 
Who else? Baylor. I think I think Baylor is a little susceptible. They're they're really good. They could certainly make a run to the to Final Four, but I think I got to go with Gonzaga just at my my first glance for for the national championship. Yeah, first glance, I'm going Baylor. I said last week I was picking them. I probably still feel the same. Now, they did not look as great against Oklahoma State as they've looked at times this year. But Oklahoma State played really well in the second half of that game, uh, too. And I, I think Oklahoma State's one of the, in my opinion, I think Oklahoma State's one of the 10 best teams in the country. I thought that if Oklahoma State ended up as a three seed, they would have been either the nine or the 10. Um, now, I, I thought that they would be somewhere between seven and 10. Um, and now, again, I talked about it earlier, Iowa being seven, Oklahoma State being 15 is a huge slap in the face with those resumes. But probably like Baylor, uh, what about uh, what about OU? You think they beat Missouri and get get the chance to knock off the Zags? Yeah, I mean, I I do because I think I think it's a decent matchup for OU. Like OU just gets crushed inside, and Missouri's pretty guard heavy. So I, I'd probably go with OU just based on the strength of the Big 12 and Long Kruger. I think Missouri's a bit of a mess. And that, that's that Quanzo Martin situation, I think, is going to blow up here in the next year or two in terms of some turnover there. So I would go with OU just because they don't have quite the inside presence to exploit OU's weakness. Although I will say OU's depth is just gone. They, they get no production out of their bench. So I, I don't feel confident about that at all. But I'm going to be Big 12-centric, man. Big 12 was – the Big 12 is the higher seed in every single matchup in the first round. I can't remember the last time that, that happened. Yeah, John Hollinger was real – upset about it last night john hollinger was the only idiot who got on twitter and thought oklahoma state uh was given a generous seed i'm like this guy what what is he talking about oh i was on set going live for the the, the 5 30 newscast I, I was doing a, what we call an a block hit so like pretty early in the show and i just got on twitter to kind of get the pulse real quick like while we we're in commercial break before i started and that's the first tweet i saw i had to quote tweet it's like dude Lenardi had him as a two, you moron. What, what, what world are you living in? Like, under they're overseeded as a four? You're literally the only person on Twitter with that opinion. Stick to, stick to evaluating NBA PER, please. And then instead of admitting that maybe he sent that tweet off too quick, he sent like four more tweets out trying to justify it by crapping all over the Big 12 and saying the Big 12 does not play as near as good a basketball as everybody thinks they do. Oh and all, he, he said all the Big 12 teams are overseeded. He, he, oh said, every, he said every Big 12 team except for Baylor was overseeded. So, uh, okay, how about this then? First one seed to lose. Which one seed loses earliest? Let's see here. Look at my matchups. Baylor, 8-9. Let's see here. Tough question. It's always hard to pick a one to lose. I I kind of like LSU a little bit against Michigan. I'll go with Michigan. I'm not, I'm not too high on Jawan Howard's team. Well, we don't have a lot of diversity here then because I was absolutely going to say – Michigan, and it's not because I don't like Michigan. I just love the other three one seats, man. Gonzaga, Baylor, and Illinois, I'm just really high on. Uh, maybe I don't know quite about as much about Michigan as I do with those other three teams. So maybe if I do some more research, uh, I'll feel differently before I fill out my bracket, probably Wednesday or Thursday of this week. But I was I was going to lean Michigan as well. So we're kind of uh, speaking the of the, speaking of the big, slow Big Ten, uh, Michigan State, I think, beat three number one seeds this year. Uh, they're like the play-in game. So for all you oh, folks yeah. who, for all you folks who have to pick the play-in game, I don't, I don't even remember. If, I don't think my, I ever picked the play-in game, but yeah, that, that could be a potential upset pick in the first round. How about Michigan State and UCLA being in the play-in game? Are those two programs with any history? Huh. Well, Michigan State. Like speaking of the Big Ten, who everyone just thinks is God's gift to basketball, they haven't won a national championship since the year 2000, 20 years ago. So please. 
look, they have some great teams, no doubt. Ohio State, on down the line. I, Illinois, you name it. I mean, they got, they're got they pretty top-heavy, just like the Big 12 is. I get it. But let's not pretend like they invented the sport, okay? Like, they haven't won a national title since in, in 21 years. So Yeah, and by the way, while we're shouting out uh, elite programs who didn't have great years, I want to give a huge shout-out to Duke. Congratulations on missing the tournament for the first time in a long time. And I want to give an even bigger shout out to those bums in Lexington, Kentucky for missing the tournament. You want to stick with <laughs> a four seed? Fine. Enjoy watching. Enjoy watching from at home on your couch, you bunch of bums. Congrats on not making the tournament with a bunch of four and five star recruits all over your roster. Really great season y'all had down there. Exactly. And I think Colby, before we go, I do want to touch on, you know, Cade Cunningham, Sticking with Oklahoma State, despite that NCAA ban, and getting to play in the tournament, I think is an awesome deal. I think he showed a lot of courage to do that. A lot lesser people, I think, would have bailed on the people they believed in just to, in order to try to play for a national championship. K did not. I think that speaks to his character. And speak on that, Colby. And I think before we go, I, I do, I do want to touch on the Big 12 tournament, how well OSU played to beat Baylor and make it to the, the championship game, and just some of your, your lingering thoughts from, from the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, I really, when they beat Baylor, that was the moment for me that it was like, okay, this team, when they play well, they can beat anyone in the country. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to play well every time they go out, but I, I thought that they took better care of the ball against Baylor. They made good decisions down the stretch against Baylor. And then I thought against Texas, I thought they looked gassed. Cade got in foul trouble early. I thought Texas looked like they just, I mean, I, they, had, they had a day off. I, they, they played Texas Tech two days prior. They had a day off. They, I thought they looked fresh, revitalized. Uh, I really, I was not upset about losing to Texas at all because I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? Maybe you'd have gotten a two if you beat them, but you're still getting a three, still going to be in a great position. It's probably part of the reason I was so mad when the brackets came out yesterday because <laughs> um, I wasn't mad after the Texas loss. Um, I, I don't know. I don't totally love Texas in the tournament. I, I don't know. Maybe even watching that game Saturday, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, I think Oklahoma State's probably the better team here, but it's it's not their day, so. Yeah, it was it was an uphill battle, and, and I get two things can be true. Jericho Sims had an out of body experience. My man PFB Nate compared it to the Luke Shinsher game from from against Georgia Tech in the Final Four, where the guy just had like his best game against OSU. Texas guards, I thought their backcourt took it to OSU. You got to give them credit for that. But you're right, OSU looked completely out of gas in the second half, and Texas looked totally refreshed and. Texas got to play a, a six seed and a five seed in the tournament to, to play for it all in the, in the Big 12 tournament. And they, they get ultimately get a three seed for it. They're, they're a good team. They played well. Oh, she didn't play their best. So be it. But that win over Baylor, Colby, like, again, I think this season has kind of caught me off guard. I didn't see this coming. Uh, I thought they'd be a good team, not a great team. But this team has evolved from a team who's, who's starting to realize their potential to a team that when they lined up against Baylor, they know they are scary good. They know they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Baylor. And that is, a, that is a significant difference from where they were a month ago. And as much as badly as they got host, this team's not going to be afraid of anybody. That includes Brad Underwood and Kelvin Sampson. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Anytime Oklahoma State's in the tournament, uh, it's, it's a big deal. You know when the last time they won a tournament game was, Carson, off the top of your head? Got to be the Travis Ford Pitt 8-9 uh, game against Tennessee. It was the 8-9 game against Tennessee. Beat them 77-75, lost to Pitt in the second round. Prior to that, I don't believe they'd won a tournament game since 04. So what's that, two, 
Oh, man, that's 17 years. They won one tournament game in the last 17 years. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that they double that total this year. Uh, if I have to give my prediction before we get off. I know we're not going to record another one. Well, we might record another one before they play uh, Friday. Depends on what our schedules look like this week. But I would have to probably right now predict Oklahoma State to make it to the Sweet 16 and then get bounced by what I think is a, a pretty uh, solid, solid Illinois team. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning. It's going to be tough to get to the Sweet 16. I mean, Liberty's a good team. Tennessee's a really good team as well. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, they're going to have one of the stars of the tournament, Cade Cunningham. So can't wait to see what he can do. Colby, we appreciate your time as always. I hope I hope this was cathartic for you, for you and I. I. I think it was. I feel better. Do you? I feel a lot better. This was very cathartic for me. Uh, shout out Taylor Gooch, T5 at the players. Uh, big old check. Big old fat check. Got himself into the WGC match play in two weeks down in Austin, Texas, which is free money, no cut events. Uh, so big time performance for, for Taylor Gooch at the players. Cash money. Taylor Gooch, uh, friend of the pod in some ways. We might have to get him on on this podcast. I know you've had him on yours as well. So Also, real quick, whoever runs the OSU Golf Twitter account, uh, Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf, and Ricky Fowler are not the only three guys on tour who played golf at your school. You might consider showing the other guys some love. Just throwing that out there. Hey, they had uh, Eamon Gupta had a hole in one today. They, they're tweeting out good content. Oh, good. Take Gupta it easy on those guys. Five at the players, and we can't get a single tweet in four days. But we get yeah. Eamon Gupta with a, an, an ace. That's good stuff. All right. All right. Uh, did you get that off your chest, too? I got that off my <laughs> chest. Carson, it's just today's a, it's a date event. It's yep. uh, this is like Festivus in March is what this yeah, is. Yeah, and it's a Monday. We, we have every right to vent on a Monday, yes. right? So I have, that, I have grievances to air, Carson. I'm airing my go. grievances today. It's Festivus Monday. It's March Madness <laughs> Monday, and I can't wait for the brackets. Colby, we will talk to you again later this week. Yep, go Pokes!